Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, we need an emergency podcast. Shabbos in Israel, obviously. So unless people are running up in the streets of Maleo Dumim to break uh, NBA trades to Akiva at 11 o'clock at night, he probably won't know about this one for, uh, you know, another 16 hours or so. But uh, we have Brett uh, Farenkoff on the podcast. A little bit of more of an objective take. I'm going to have another Tibrols fan on with me in a little bit um, to give more of a homer take. Um, I mean, from your perspective, purely, you know, not not interested in the Timberwolves beyond, you know, just being a basketball fan. What is your like, you know, headline takeaway from this trade? And just the context for anyone who doesn't know, as we're posting this, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves just traded uh, Walker Kessler, who they just took uh, in the first round last week, um, who's sort of a, a defensive like drop big um, for Rudy Gobert. Oh, and they also threw in like uh, four first round picks, a swap. And like everybody on their roster, other than like the three untouchable players, which were obviously Cat, Ant, and Jada McDaniels. So, and D'Lo is not going anywhere yet. So, um, what 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 is your big takeaway, Brett? So, I mean, the, the the automatic first thing I thought of was, I can Cat really play a four as a four? Can offensively, I think he'll be fine. Um, Defensively, he's not good as a five, so I guess going to a less important position, defensively speaking, it it theoretically makes sense, especially during the regular season where defense isn't as highly valued and isn't as important. That was my first thought when I saw the Woj tweet that Rudy Gobert was going to Minnesota. I didn't hate it. I was like, oh, I don't know how this fits basketball, whatever. Then when he tweeted the actual players being traded, I was like, oh, okay, that's okay. And multiple first-round picks, I was like, yeah, whatever. And then he tweeted that it was three unprotected first-round picks plus a top-five protected that's six years away plus the current – the player they just picked number one. The, the, the package is a lot. And I understand you're getting an all-star, a former defensive player of the year, arguably the defensive player of the year last year. But you could have gotten so much more with all those assets. So, yeah, I mean, the, the price is huge. Um, look, obviously, like the headline, the biggest excitement as a fan when your team acquires, you know, a, a star, superstar, whatever to want to use, you know, a top a top 20 player, obviously a unique player because offensively much more limited than guys we typically, you know, refer to as stars, but also he's the best defensive player probably of the last decade. So um, in terms of cumulative defensive value, he's given. So anytime you get a guy like that, you're excited. Anytime you get sort of the top level name in a trade, you're excited. 
but it is a ton of assets. And yeah, you wonder like if, if this is how much he went for, what's Kevin Durant going to go for now? Gobert is a lot younger, but obviously he's not, you know, as much of a game changer as Durant. I will say this, like it, it does seem weird. Like how do cat and Gobert play together? This has been talked about like on Timberwolves podcasts and like among Timberwolves, like beat writers and on Twitter and stuff literally for the last five years, like the ideal player to put cat next to would be Rudy Gobert um, because Gobert again is as good a defensive big as there is in the game. Uh, that's not cat's strength cat offensively, uh, you know, can be out on the perimeter shooting threes. Gobert can be, uh, you know, uh, rim running and, and collecting rebounds and stuff like that. It, it is a good question. How does cat adjust defensively to, to, you know, having to cover fours. Now, again, their sort of third most valuable piece on the team after Ant and Cat is Jaden McDaniels, who, you know, we just saw looked pretty good in the playoffs against Memphis when some other guys like Very you know, sort of disappeared. Um, and he's basically a stretch four. He's six nine. He hits threes and he's a good dynamic defender. I'm not sure. I mean, if you start him and Cat and Gobert, you know, you're going to have uh, a difficulty with with teams with, you know, athletic wings. So I don't know. Does McDaniels come off the bench now? Like, you know how how they sort of divvy up the minutes between the four and the five because those three guys are you know just bring so much to the table but you don't really want to play all three at once because you also want a point guard and you also want ants and you also want a shooter um and 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 they shooters are something they need now because they just give up easily and and uh you know perimeter defense is something they need because they just give up pat bev so they have a lot of smaller holes to fill but like the top five players on this team as you line them up at least for the 82 games of the regular season I don't want to be too hyperbolic. They're in the conversation. If Ant takes the leap, they're in the conversation for like the best starting five or top five players in the league, at least from a regular season perspective. Right. I mean, like Correct. as low as I've been on D'Lo and I've had issues with him, like he did have a very good season. The team's record when he's played the last couple of years is like 20 games over 500 versus way under when he doesn't play. Um, he was miserable against Memphis. His contract is huge. I, I would trade him if I could. Um, but but he does have value, especially when on a team with Cat and Ant and Gobert, like so many other things. Um, you know, Gobert's biggest weakness, as we've seen for the Jazz in the playoffs defensively, has been uh, in the postseason has been the fact that like, you know, you can't do everything when your perimeter defenders suck on your team. When you have, you know, uh, Clarkson and Mitchell and 75-year-old Mike Conley or whoever they've trotted out there. Um, who are the Timberwolves perimeter defenders going to be? Pat Bev is very good. He's gone now. Ant is is good and hopefully will get better as he gets older. But who else is there? So um, that's that's because D'Lo obviously a very bad perimeter defender. So that's a big question. Um, and I think there are big questions in terms of how much value they give up. There's big questions in terms of uh, you know, how do Cat and Gobert play together in the postseason against teams like, you know, the Clippers, for example, with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard or something like that. But I think, you know, it's an exciting moment for sure. Like as a T-Rose fan, like we've been so irrelevant for most of our history that just all, all of a sudden, you know, you're trotting out, you know, two of the top 20 players in the game, plus Ant, who might be the most exciting guy under the age of 22 in the game. Like there's a lot of reason for excitement, even if, you know, long-term, is it a lot of assets? You know, how do they play in the postseason against the Clippers? Like, th there are questions there, but, like, the the general feeling is excitement, and I think that's justified. Yeah, I don't I don't blame Wolves fans for being excited. And if you just look at the present, and, and regular season, they are going to be insane. Like, we know how good Rudy Gobert is in the regular season. I am a little worried. He doesn't have – Russell's a, a, a good pick-and-roll point guard, but – it's going to take time to develop chemistry, pick and roll chemistry with Gobert. He's completely dependent offensively. He can't do anything by himself. So I would worry about that. And I, I think the biggest worry is 
if you're Minnesota, you're going all in on this trade. Like you're going for a title. This isn't, oh, we're yeah. going to make yeah. the playoffs be a 5 through 8 seed. If you look at the top teams in the NBA, who is Cat going to be guard? It, assuming their $38 million center is going to be in the, the final five, who is Cat guarding against the top teams in the playoffs? If you look at Golden State, he's going to be guarding Draymond, Draymond if Looney's on the floor. If Looney's off the floor, who knows? If you look at the Suns, who's he going to be guarding? Like, but who, who, who's the Warriors or, other? Like, who is the Warriors for? Otto Porter's gone. Like, who are you afraid of there? What if he has to guard? Like, what if Kaminga takes a jump? What yeah, if, and, um, and just to put in a quick word, I know like you love to hate on Cat's defense. It's like a it's an easy punchline in the NBA. Cat's defense was above average this season. It, he had by far the best defensive season of his career. Uh, the stats justified that. It doesn't mean he was good. He's certainly not a good defensive big, and that's certainly a liability, and that's the part of the reason why they wanted Gobert. But, like, his defense was not as bad as people say, but it's very different being, you know, a five than, you know, chasing guys around the perimeter or whatever he's going to be doing at the four. So it's a different defensive role for sure. At the highest level of basketball, he he, I don't think he can guard anyone. Like, look at the Celtics. Is he going to be guarding Jason Tatum? Oh, no, that's, uh, look at the heat. Well, that, well, that's Jaden McDaniels. Right? But then the question the is, buff. yeah, how do McDaniels and Cat and Gobert play at the same time? That's the good question. And yeah, I don't know I, the answer to that. I just think in the highest level of basketball, that lineup's not going to survive defensively. I guess there's the argument that Gobert can sit in the paint more. I mean, if they go up against the Clippers and like the Clippers are healthy and running out a lineup of George, Batum, Kwai at the three, four, five, and whatever you want at the one, two. I, I honestly have no idea what the Wolves do. I, I well, but, but how did the Clippers get a rebound with that team against Gobert and Cat and McDaniel's? And I mean, they else? never got. And that's kind of their issue. That's kind of why they lost the Nuggets in the bubble. That's, I mean, that's why they've always had issues with the small lineup. But they're still going all in on it. I mean, I don't hate it. I, the, the biggest thing I hate is they gave up too much. They have no room to improve the team now. Yeah, they can't that, trade. To get that is better. the concern. Their People are coming to Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Now they use the mid level on slow mo Kyle Anderson, who I like also, but like, and they just they got Torian Prince, who who's a decent veteran, that eighth ninth man that can guard a wing off the bench, play fifteen minutes. But I I I don't know. I their guard depth. What are they? McLaughlin was good. Do they still have Noel? Yeah. So McLaughlin. Yeah. Noel, Noel, hopefully he, I mean, Noel looked good in spurt. Jalen Noel looked good in spurts last Mm -hmm. season um, as you know, or third or fourth guard off the bench um, or third or fourth guard on the team coming off the bench. Yes. They've, they've given up basically all the assets they've had. This is all in Gobert's making, you know, 40 million a year catch assigned an extension. He's making 50 million a year. Delo's on a max contract. Uh, Ant and McDaniels will be getting max contracts, you know, in the next couple of years. So there's, there's no other big moves coming. Uh, you know, I like Chris Finch. Uh, he's more of an offensive coach and defensive coach, but I, you know, I'm excited to see what he can do. And Connolly like has this really, really good reputation. And the Timberwolves gave him a massive contract to leave Denver and to come to Minnesota. And he's found guys like Monty and all these guys, like in the second round, you know, who turned into like, you know, decent wings or good shooters or, you know, ball handling guards. Like he, he's found the ability to find guys. Um, he kept trading down for more and more second round picks in the draft. And maybe some of those guys, um, I mean, one of them's a European stash, but like the rest of them, maybe these guys are going to get opportunities sooner than we thought, because yeah, I mean, this team is going to have holes and there's going to be questions in the postseason for sure. Um, I can't dispute anything you said. I wonder like when they offer two first, was that not enough? I don't know what the, I mean, I, I guess the answer is yes, but like, yeah, Ainge, that's a ton of assets for Gobert who I love, but like, you know, 
is offensively limited. So it, it's a lot, you know, he's 30 years old, although, you know, he's not necessarily a guy who would probably age poorly. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure why they give up all those assets. Is that what it took? Who were they competing against? Right. Like the jazz want to rebuild the jazz want to, you know, uh, tank this year. We know that uh, Donovan Mitchell's the next to go, you know, could they've gotten Mitchell in this trade also. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I, I do wonder like who, who was the competition here? Why did it have to get to so many picks? Um, you know, in the, in here, the, here's the other big question, uh, because they have to be spending like crazy. And I know they have the new ownership group coming in and I assume they don't, they won't mind um, paying into the tax a little bit, oh, but little Russell's bit, yeah. on the, Russell's on the last year of his contract. Is he gone after next season? But if he's gone, then you can't retain, like you either, unless you trade him for something, I, he could. So the big, be, yes, the, the big question this off season, contract. the big question this off season was what are we going to do with D'Lo? You don't want to give him a max, which is what he wants. Um, I, I don't think that's, you know, going to be helpful. I mean, we, we, we just I mean, saw getting paid 31 million right now. He's not going to take a pay cut. I assume. Well, well, exactly. And so that was the question. So do they, could they convince him to take maybe a two or three year deal or something like that? A shorter deal. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the plans are there again. Like as much as I have historically hated D'Lo, I didn't like him on Brooklyn. Uh, you know, I didn't love when Golden State got him in the sign and trade, but I realized they were just trying to get an asset back. They would flip to the Wolves six months later, which is, of course, what happened. Um, I didn't like when the Wolves got him. He has been better than I've said for his entire Minnesota career until the Grizzlies series. Now, was that bad luck? Was it, you know, a five game small sample size? Probably. I mean, he's definitely better than he showed there, but is he as good? You know, so these are valid questions because he needs. But like, let's say for a second, let's say hypothetically that he is sort of Donovan Mitchell parallel. I mean, they're a little bit different players, but they're they're somewhat similar roles, right? So basically, mm-hmm. you're taking the Jazz, who were winning 50 games a year and then not succeeding the playoffs, but you're adding Carl Anthony Towns and you're adding Anthony Edwards. So, like, I think this team's ceiling has to be higher than the Jazz's ceiling over the last couple of years, which was a three or four seed and, you know, maybe losing the second round. Agreed, yeah. Um, I mean, Cat's better than Mitchell, right? Yeah, I mean, I, Mitchell's so hard to figure out because last year was so bad compared to his career tra- trajectory before that. I, their their ceiling's definitely higher, and I, I do appreciate that they have made a decision um, that Cat is a four. They're not like playing it down down the middle, even though that works sometimes. I just I'm not sure. I th- I think they gave up too much, and for somebody of Rudy's caliber, who's uh, probably only going to get worse in the next over the course of his contract, and you don't have any like room really to improve. I, I would not have done it, but well, you but you guys so, will be in the playoffs for the next four years, barring like crazy injuries. And sure, and not just in the playoffs, but you know, presumably at least in the second round of the playoffs. Oh, yeah, favorite, right, like, favorite yeah. to make yeah. the semifinals every the yes. conference semifinals every and, year. I and that has been a thing that this franchise has literally never had, right? Even the, the KG area, they were winning 50 games a year, but the West was historically comically deep. And so that was good enough to like play like the Lakers or the Mavs or the Spurs in the first round, um, except for the one year when KG was MVP and when they got Latrell Sprewell and Sam Cassell healthy. That's been the only year this team has ever got past the first round of the playoffs ever. So being a, a semifinalist type team for the next four years is already a win. And I understand there's people whose perspective is either build the team that can win a title or rebuild constantly. Like, that's not my attitude. I, I want to be excited and relevant and, you know, have 82 plus games to watch every year with a smile. 
And I haven't had that for, you know, I had that for like half of a season with Butler. And I had that for this season after the first, you know, at least the second half of the year after they got rid of all the COVID and injuries in the first half, I'm going to have that for the next four years. So if they have issues that are exposed in May, you know, that's so much better than anything this franchise has literally ever had to worry about. Like, so we're not like, you have to sort of understand where our base, like where our expectations are coming from. This is not like the Warriors or the Spurs. You would have had that anyway. Well, I mean, would we have like, so we're building. Yeah. The team was good enough. The team was going to be heavily favored to make the playoffs next year. Sure. They would, but but where were all those assets? Like, Go trade a first round pick for Royce O'Neal. He's a he's a helpful uh, defensive three and D wing for the postseason. And you're only giving up one pick, or probably yeah. wouldn't even need. I don't understand that trade fully. But. Well, I don't. I don't think. I mean, look, I, I think they have enough guys like that. I mean, Torian Prince, as we just mentioned, um, McDaniel's obviously they don't need more Royce O'Neals. I well, maybe now they do because they have some. They've traded a, a, you know a lot of their sort of secondary and tertiary players. But like, where are you going to get a top twenty player? You're not going to sign one in Minnesota. You have to overpay for one. That's just the reality of like who wants to come play for the Minnesota Timberwolves, given their franchise's history. Um, so I think they overpaid a little bit to sort of establish themselves as a as a contender and to say, hey, we're serious here. And it's the new ownership sort of, you know, for sure, uh, you know, dropping their pants and saying, everybody, look at what we have here. You know, I, I who else would they have gotten instead of Gobert? Like, could they have gotten KD? Like, no, because KD doesn't want to come play in Minnesota. So like, who else yeah, would they? You don't, you don't need to listen to KD. Yeah. Okay. You trade for KD and then KD says, I'm not coming. Like he's going to throw a shitstorm like Jimmy Butler did. Or, you know, I, I, I mean, they, they, I think this many assets would have gotten Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant yeah. is better than Rudy Gobert. Those are both indisputable facts, but Kevin Durant, as much as he's under contract for the next four years, he is going to decide where he gets to play, right? Like maybe he'll sit for a month or two months, even into the regular season. Maybe Brooklyn calls his bluff and they sit there and they do nothing, but like, by next April, KD is going to be where he wants to be. That's just how the NBA works. Like when you're one of the best five basketball players in the world, you get to decide where you work, which I don't have an issue with. I think that's how it should be. Um, and he doesn't want to work in Minnesota. I assume like, you know, it was never mentioned on his list of teams with Phoenix and Miami and whatever. So like who else was available, right? Like you could get with the jazz, you could have got Donovan Mitchell, but how does that help another ball dominant guard? Like, I mean, he's, he's a worse version of hopefully what Ant's about to be, even if right now he's probably a little better than Ant. Um, I just and, don't that bring that the the team Timberwolves future, no matter how good or bad Gobert is, still comes down to how good Anthony Edwards is. Sure, for sure. If Anthony That's Edwards does future. not become an all-star he, this year, yeah, then yeah. it's all moot. If he never becomes a top 10 player, they're never gonna be title contenders. Sure, but that was true either way, right? Exactly. So then why why give up if he became a top five, top ten player without Gobert, they're gonna be a title content. Like that's where I don't think giving up all these assets for, yes, he is a very good player. He's going to be awesome in the regular season. And hell, you guys might be like the number one seed. Consider if everyone stays healthy, you guys are going to try your asses off on like a lot of teams because you're still young. You could be the number one seed. But I just think come the 16-game playoff season, I really question of how good they're going to be. But look, know. we said this about Phoenix two years ago. And then they started out. Phoenix obviously had an epic collapse against Dallas in the second round this year. But like, I think that most people still think if you replay that series 10 times, the Suns win a majority of them. Um, and that's a team that very quickly went from, you know, nothing to something. And Booker, whose reputation was sort of, you know, putting up bad stats on a loser team, like his reputation was changed dramatically. Now, Chris Paul came in there and that's obviously very different than Pat Bev or D'Lo or anyone that the Wolves had um, both on and off the court. But like, I do think like there's, 
if you're the one seed, you know, anything is possible, right? Like we've seen that, like, it's not like it was five years ago where you just automatically chalk the Warriors and the Cavs with LeBron in the finals every year. Like we don't know what's going to happen in the postseason. Um, Doncic just took a team of like role players and scrubs to the Western conference finals. Ant will never be as good as Luca. Luca already right now right. is guaranteed to go in the hall of fame. He's like, in, you know, he's a generational player and hopefully might become really, really good. He's not gonna become Luca. But like the rest of this team is much better than that Dallas team, how it works together. That's where that's where you have to turn and hopefully have faith in Connolly and Finch and Connolly has a track record and Finch has, you know, has a good reputation, has a pretty good track record. So like, you know, I don't know. I mean, th- these are all valid questions how this team. But like, again, like you have to realize from a Minnesota perspective, how are we going to do in the second or third round of the playoffs? These aren't even questions. I understand a front office has to be thinking these longer term, but like. The owners are thinking, let's make a splash. And the fans are thinking, let's be relevant. Because neither one of those things has ever been the case for this franchise, except for the day they traded for Jimmy Butler. Um, right. And so, like, we've accomplished those things. And now, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how we're going to – We the two things this team needed coming into the offseason, uh, you know, they needed to resolve the D'Lo issue. But, like, the two holes on this team was interior defense and rebounding, and they've solved that as good as you could possibly, possibly solve that in the NBA, and shooting. And they've gone backwards in shooting because they've lost Beasley. Um, so I don't know. Where is that going to come from? Right. Ant can shoot. Cat can shoot. But you need, you know, other guys coming off the bench shooting. D'Lo can shoot. Um, maybe it's Noel. Maybe it's Prince or McDaniels. Some of these, you know, who, 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 where is their depth going to come from at guard? McLaughlin's fine as a backup point guard, but, you know, he's not really, you know. So there are definitely questions here. Um, somebody yeah. said in the chat, they said, like, it's the Pat Bev revenge tour. <laughs> like, that it is gonna be funny because like I I, I want to know what Pat Bev's reaction is because he's such an entertaining guy and he really was the heart and soul of this, te- of this team a lot um even even in his just his first year there will he be bitter or will he say like look I gotta understand you just traded for like a Hall of Fame you know Gobert's probably gonna be in the Hall of Fame one day uh Pat Bev is not gonna be so well wasn't he traded for Chris Paul or no yeah but he thinks he's better than Chris Paul so <laughs> yeah I guess that, yeah that I guess yeah if you think you're better than Chris Paul you probably think you're better than Rudy Gobert also that's fair yeah. um. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 crazy. I was, you know, this afternoon was so slow. I was busy updating my uh, my MLB All Star team um, for 2022, and all of a sudden, like my phone started blowing up. I was like, "What's going on here?" And then I was like, I was like trying to read everything before I made any comments. And then I popped into the chat, and I was like, "Oh, we should probably just do a podcast instead of uh, me arguing with individual points here and there." Again, I, I just I don't I don't disagree with any of the specific points. How do they how do they cover teams with strong wings defensively? Valid question. Was this too many asses? Valid question. But like. Day one, you got the star. You're excited. Um, as you said, if this team's competing for a one seed, like I'm going to be like, you know, so high throughout February, March and April next year that like, OK, if we lose in the second round of the playoffs, you know, it'll still be a, it'll still be progress. So um, I don't know. Yeah. So which team which team is better, like the Jazz from two years ago or this upcoming Timberwolves team? Like well, when you, I just when you had like a good angles, Bogdanovich, Mitchell, uh, Conley just came on the team. Gobert, you had um, who's a Derek Favors was on the team. Were, I think were they the one? Were they, they, the, were they the one seed last they were year? Or one the two or seed? two seed. They, they were competing for the one seed. They yeah. were one or two seed. It. I mean, isn't Minnesota just as good? Oh, I mean, Cat's better than any of those guys, obviously. Yeah. Um, and isn't like that far off of Mitchell. Yeah. and I mean, hopefully he's approaching Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like Ingles is such a useful piece. Um. You know, he, he, but you know, but hopefully, I, I mean, you hope Jane McDaniels still develops, isn't he only like 20 years older? So yeah, he's, 21? yeah, he's 20. Yeah, him and Ant, that, that's why I'm saying, like, I don't think he has a national profile at all. 
in Minnesota. No, not at all. He was it, great in the playoffs. Too. In Minnesota, he was arguably even second after Ant in terms of like, I mean, obviously Cat is a much better, you know, Cat's a top 15 player, but like McDaniels is a guy who has like such a ceiling to build on, um, right. you know, extremely lanky, extremely good defensively, starting to hit some threes. Um, again, how does he play though? In the regular season, it's not a problem, but in the, in the fourth quarters of a playoff game, can you play him and Ant and Cat and, and Gobert at a point guard? Is that your team? I don't know. And you know. who's your point guard? Dilo for now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, Dilo we'll average eight assists a game. As, yeah, I don't hate it as much, but he's so ball dominant. It, in the playoffs, you're going to want the ball in Edwards' hands, yeah. right? I mean, you hope you if, – if the T-Wolves are going to compete for championships, Anthony Edwards needs to become a top-ten player that's a ball-dominant player, I think. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um uh, you know, but we're we're definitely skipping. Even if that's going to happen, it's not going to happen this year. It would take another year, right? Like you it look could, at like Jason Tatum or somebody. I mean, it could, sure, but like again, I don't, I don't think he's a Luca. Like he, he took a he took a nice leap this year. He still wasn't an All Star. Um, you know, he's probably you know I think I ranked him you know a week ago as the forty first best player in the NBA. Maybe I'm a little low on him. Maybe, you know, future potential obviously going into much higher, age twenty one season though. That's like a huge sure. Ja, ja last year, great example. Ja yeah. was an all-star last year. Um, and then um, and then all of a sudden jumped this year. He was or two years ago, whatever. And I guess last year is the year that just ended. And all of a sudden this year he was an MVP candidate. So although one whose team went 18 and four without him, which is weird. But um, yeah, I think Minnesota's probably better than Memphis right now. They're probably at least in the regular season, they're probably better than Dallas. Like as you said, the Clippers, even if Kawhi and Paul George are healthy, they're not gonna play 75 games apiece in the regular season. So Phoenix, I don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, so the Jazz now are interested in DeAndre Ayton, somebody said on Twitter. Explain that one. Yeah. But, I mean, if I I think everything waits. Well, I kind of thought this beforehand, but everything waits on KD because everyone's saying he's going to Phoenix. And if he's going to Phoenix, I assume it's some sort of sign and trade with Bridges and Ayton. Yeah, but apparently Brooklyn doesn't like Ayton. So. Then I don't know how to get how KD's going. I mean, I, mean, my, I still think. Yeah. I think KD go. I think just based on assets and everything, I, I think there's a decent chance he'd go to Toronto for Barnes, Trent, and picks. And I'm not sure if the Nets can do better than that. Uh, well, that's my my hot take. I don't think he will be traded between now and let's say October first. So yeah, I, I, if I had to bet on anything, I think. KD is on the Nets on opening day. Whether he's playing or not, I don't know, but I think he's on the roster. Yeah, I just, I, I don't, they're not going to, as you just said, like, they're not going to do better. His, his value is not going to go down by now in the trade deadline. He's still got, like, three, four years left on his contract. Like, unless he gets injured, then his value is going to go down. But is he even going to play? I assume he will. He, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, whether, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, so I agree. I don't think he's going to be traded before, you know, in, in this summer, like in the next few weeks. And so I, I think mean, teams have to. Everyone's saying he will, though. Windhorse says it's going to happen soon. Yeah. He said that two days ago. Yeah. Well, maybe he's right. What I don't about know. Gobert getting traded today? Yeah. Um, I mean, where does Donovan Mitchell go? That's also a relevant piece now. I don't know. I've he, heard he, Miami, maybe. You, I mean, there's Hero no. and picks. Mm, yeah. I mean, there's no reason, I mean, you know, for Utah to, Keep him obviously. Um, Utah is going to have an OKC horde of picks if they trade Mitchell too. Yeah, I mean the Wolves picks. 
they're unprotected, but also, you know, at least, and obviously anything can happen. You hope that this team's going to be good enough that they're not going to be, you know, lottery picks, at least for the next few right. years. They could uh, be though. Well, look what we happened when the Brooke, Nets and the Celtics the, made the trade for KG and Paul Pierce. Uh, or the Nets trading for James Harden. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you know, those KG and Paul Pierce were already very clearly way past their primes. They were guys who, you know, were never going to go past his prime. A little bit, but not, I mean, he's not like, not, he's, not as, not quite, not quite like KG and yeah, Pierce. Yeah, KG and Pierce were no prime. longer all stars. Or if, the, you know, uh, Gobert, right. whether or not he makes the team, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of depth and I don't know exactly how it falls off. But like, Gobert is an all star caliber player, certainly in the regular season, indisputably. Um, his, his fault isn't the KG level. Yeah, yeah. When KG for sure. From the or in Harden, Harden's fall, which has been much m- more dramatic and precipitous than any of the guys we mentioned. But he's also a guy who was more reliant, you know, on athleticism, I think, than Gobert. I mean, you know, it's a different form of athleticism, I guess. But, like, I, I don't see Gobert all of a sudden having, you know, a tummy <laughs> the way Harden does and not being able to. His, his game, I think, is enough, defensively, he's rooted enough to the paint that I don't think, you know, him slowing down slightly is going to have as dramatic an impact. But there's so, an I, argument if, if teams finish at just like a 5% better clip at the rim, when he's on the court, he loses like so much value. Yeah. Well, I get, it. I'm not worried about this year, maybe two or three years down the yeah. line. We'll see. Um, he's still, you know, he was in the conversation for defense player of the year this year. Um, I mean, he was better than Marcus smart. Yeah. Well, but there were three guys in the Celtics better than Marcus smart. So, yeah, you know, sure um, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I understand why vote it's, it's not sexy and exciting to vote for a center for defense player of the year every year, even though that's probably the correct answer. Um, you know, and, and when you see a guy uh, locking down on the perimeter, and it's not even that Smart did that. He's smart's nowhere near like, you know, Pete Kawhi Leonard or whatever. But like that is a more exciting thing, I think, for for people to watch than an entire defense yes. geared around, you know, funneling the ball to to a dynamic big. But yeah, so I mean, the takeaway is I'm very excited, um, you know, from your mouth to God's ears of the one seed. That would be very exciting. Um, it didn't play, right? I mean, right now you'd have to say Phoenix. Minnesota, Memphis, Memphis, Memphis Golden right. State. I, I mean, Memphis. Yeah, they went eighteen and four without Jaw last year. So that you know, yeah. I guess, I guess they have to be considered in comp, in contention there. Also, um, Bain is going to get better. Um, the Clippers have depth, even if if they can get at least eight, like eighty games of one of Kawhi or Paul George. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think the Clippers too. They're going to get Clippers... a full season. Norm Powell probably. They they have they have too many players. Their, yeah. their uh, luxury tax bill is $195 million. Yeah, Balmer doesn't care the, at the all. The Warriors this year was 170 Yeah. And but, no yeah. other. I don't think anyone else is. Balmer doesn't care. Um, obviously, the Warriors don't care. I don't think Lori cares in Minnesota. Uh, you know, right now, five years from now, if they haven't, you know, made a conference finals and he's paying $100 million a year, he might start to have a different opinion. But if Ant's winning MVPs, then who knows? Um, yeah, it's definitely exciting. I, I guess... The, the one hesitation I have is the question you raised, which is if Ant becomes a top 10 player in the next year or two anyway, then almost why did you need to make the trade? But I guess it's just you still it needed would, that it, interior defense. Yeah, it, but if Ant, you can get into like Isaiah Hartenstein just signed. And I'm not I am comparing the two, but like if Ant's a top 10 player, I'd rather have Hartenstein on two for 18 and trade those picks for like more useful surrounding talent around like not I know you just signed but like PJ Tucker would fit better on a playoff team if you have a top 10 guard and cat I mean but cat can't play the five in the playoffs we already know that so the cat's the issue here 
Cass yeah, defensive but- ability is the issue. He's going to have to get better. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but he's also like, he is not the reason, and everybody was hating on him. His offense struggled, obviously, for a couple of games in the Memphis series. He's not the reason they lost that series. You know, when, when they had those Correct. epic fourth quarter collapses. But, but when you're a his, max player, he should be the reason you're winning the series. Yeah, well, I, he was still, and this is not a popular opinion, he was the best player on the two worlds throughout that series. He was, even with the bad games he had. Like, yes, I agree. Ant, I agree. Ant is so much sexier and so much more fun and exciting, and nobody wants, but like, Cat is, Cat is a much better basketball player than Ant right now. And probably for the foreseeable future. I, I hope that's not always the case because, you know, I'd, I'd love to see Ant turn into an MVP, but like, I think Cat is so maligned so unfairly, um, you know, whatever we'll see. It's put up or shut up time now. Uh, you know, you have yeah. to assume that the wolves are going to have, I, I also like the, the, the balance that I'm interested in knowing is how much of this was coming from Lori and a rod and, and, you know, and the business side versus Connolly because Connolly is presumably focused on X's and O's focused on, on the court. But I have no doubt from everything Lori's been saying since he bought this team that like he wanted to make attention and get us and make a splash. And like, uh, so I'm wondering, like, how much of this trade was pushed, pushed for by him? How much was it by Connolly? You know, did Connolly come to him and say, and I don't know what the I mean, we'll find out. There'll be reporter. He never did any move like any kind of could like they could have gotten a ton for Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. What was their biggest trade? Aaron Gordon? Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, they did the the Nurkic. They gave away Nurkic. Nurkic. That was just to a lot. Lovely. That was a, also a terrible deal. But well, that, the argument at the time was they needed to give space to Jokic to develop. But I don't understand. Nurkic was an asset. They gave him away for nothing. But then they played Plumley around him a ton. Yeah, I never understood that trade at the time. Um, no, but it, it's really like these these second round picks that he's made consistently where he's yes. found real value. Um, and hopefully, you know, that, that that will bear some fruit in Minnesota. But yeah, we'll see. I, I'm I'm looking forward to reading, you know, Krasinski or you know on the Athletic or you know various Timberwolves beat writers. Like, let's get some reporting. How did this trade come to be? Um, I'm I'm sure the national guys low and others will be talking about it. Also, you know, I, I am interested to know, like, you know, who are they competing with? Because if the Jazz were clearly trading Gobert, someone else who what's the run right? Like, what's the runner up offer that the Wolves had to had to trump? Um, yeah, that's like I know the Bulls were in like they. They were talking about forgetting Gobert because they need a five. They yeah. would they would have never offered this, I don't think. Yeah. Well, there was speculation with Levine delaying signing yesterday. Oh, maybe Levine is going to be a sign and trade for KD or something like that. Now, Levine did finally right. go ahead and sign. So I don't know. But I mean, I guess the Bulls, they overpaid for Vucevic under this regime. They overpaid for DeRozan. I know DeRozan worked out, but they severely overpaid for him. Yeah. Um, so maybe they they were in the bidding with it. I don't I don't know. I that you are right. It'll be interesting to hear what else was on the table here. Yeah, I mean Utah trading him to a division contender, uh, division rival. You know, not that Minnesota and Utah have some great historic rivalry, but I wonder I don't if think that Utah cares anymore about. Well, that. if they're bottoming out, yeah. I mean, look, when the Wolves traded KG, Kevin McHale flatly refused to trade him to the Lakers. It was like not like the Lakers offered a clearly better offer than the Celtics did. And he said, I'm not going to do that. Um, whether that was a Minnesota LA thing, whether that was a McHale Celtic, you know, who, who knows what the motivations there were and what maybe that was the wrong decision since the Wolves were irrelevant for a decade after that. But um, yeah, Utah did not do that, obviously, because, um, you know, the, the, the Wolves are in their division, whatever that's worth. Hey, we'll get it. You could have gotten, gotten former, uh, if you need a starting five put, to put up next to Cat, you could have gotten former all-star for a two-year $6.6 million deal and Andre Drummond. Yeah, he's on the Bulls, right? Yeah. Yeah, you'll enjoy that. Um, him and Will Chamberlain. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what a graphic. Yeah. So it, it, it's a great question. Now, what happens with D'Lo? Um, I, I can't imagine they're going to sign him. Maybe they will. But I, I just who, what would you trade him for? Right. Like um, I, I of all the guys that are shipped out in this trade, uh, Vanderbilt's nice, but you're not going to find very many minutes for him, obviously, with, I mean, with he, Ke- in in the playoffs, he's what like a fifteen to twenty minute player off the bench. Well, that's wrong. Yeah, he can't shoot, and so that's nah. why McDaniel's uh, so exactly. you know basically stole his his spot in the fourth quarters in the playoffs. Um, and Bev, you know, entertaining, but obviously a limited player offensively, and thinks he's much better than he is, and more important than he is. But he did he did add value to that team, whether it was off the court or just confidence. Yeah. Um, so. You know, if you you I assume Utah's not going to keep all these guys, or like Pat Bev. There's no purpose for Pat Bev to be on on for a sure. on a 22 win Vanderbilt, Utah they'll team. They'll keep Vanderbilt. Sure, yeah, Van, yeah, Vanderbilt will play 25. You know, we'll put up 10 and 10. Um, but I assume Utah's traded like they're going to get rid of Bogdanovich. They have no use for any of these older players that still have like value. Like Boyan would be valuable to any team. Well, that's what I was kind of wondering. Like for all, why couldn't the Wolves squeeze any of those other? assets yeah. out of utah yeah why couldn't they have gotten like royce o'neill would have been useful too i know he yeah. got traded yesterday but I, yeah the the I, I want you know if pat bev is bought out maybe you know does he come back to minnesota i'd like him back that's true that's true <laughs> they they whisper sweet nothings you know we just you know we, we had to throw him to get the trade done although i'd have to look they must have needed him for the for the salaries to match up i assume that was the reason because it's hard, it's hard to trade a max guy and not, you know, not get a max guy back like Utah did. So you have to really add all these guys up to, to build the numbers. Especially so I, Vanderbilt was on a rookie contract. He's not worth. Yeah, he's not making very much. Yeah. Um, whatever. It's an exciting day for the Timberwolves, um, and we'll we'll see what happens. We're definitely, you know, for for the last like six or seven years, I would always vacillate about whether to buy league pass or not. I'm like, well, let me see how the Wolves look over the first couple weeks of the season. That's not going to be a quite issue for the next three or four years. You know, I, I'm re-upping as soon as it's for sale every season automatically. So definitely excited from that perspective. All right, Brett, thank you very much. Um, no problem. Have a good fourth weekend. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, bringing on another Timberwolves fan to give a, a less subjective, more subjective take on this one. Uh, Jonathan Donath, uh, longtime uh, diehard fan of all Minnesota teams, uh, including the Timberwolves. What was your immediate reaction to this trade? My immediate reaction before I saw how much the Timberwolves gave up was... Um, you know, we have our two biggest needs are defensive presence and defensive rebounding. And you've got Gobert being like basically top three in the NBA, both of those. Yep. So great fit in theory. Um, 
I, I thought Beverly giving up Beverly, who's like such a glue. I think that the amount, the, the defense, um, the improved, the defensive improvement last year on the team rules, there's really no explanation other than Patrick Beverly and the way he held the guys accountable. So I think losing Patrick Beverly is a huge loss, um, but not insurmountable. I think he probably would have only had one more year there. Um, and then you've got, uh, you know, look, I like Beasley, but he didn't have a great year. I think he's actually, but he's a good piece. He's, you know, he's a nice piece and you got, and Vando is a good piece, but you know, usually when you, when you trade, when you have a major trade, the team that gets the better player and by far Gobert is so much better than any player the Timberwolves gave up. Um, usually that team wins. Now the amount of graphics that went over, uh, basically essentially is like what I'm hearing it's five because they just traded Walker Kessler. Right. So that's, that's one. He was traded as a first round draft pick last week. So let's call, yeah. that, call that one, four additional picks, including 2029 by then, like, you know, they'll probably, it's probably like the first overall pick, you know? So who knows on paper right now, look, the Timberwolves are going to be a really, really good team for the next couple of years. Yeah. I think that's the, as I was saying with, with our previous guests, like the, the thought process is a little bit different, I think for the Timberwolves than for a lot of other franchises, because this has been arguably the worst franchise in all of sports over the last 40 years. They have never been relevant, uh, you know, except when they had Kevin Garnett. And even then, you know, they had enough incompetence to have basically one year where, I mean, literally one year where they ever won a playoff series. And so just being a team that's going to be one of the top two or three seeds and is going to win 55 games and is going to be in the second round of the playoffs. If that's all we get out of this for most franchises, that would be seen as a whole for us as Timberwolves fans, that would be like the best era of Timberwolves history ever. And I, I, I do think that plays part of the thinking, uh, the role uh, for sure of Lori pushing this trade. Um, and I talked about this with the previous guests. Like, I do wonder, like, as we'll get reporting, we'll find out, like, what, who made the final decision to throw in all those extra picks? Was that coming from Connolly from the basketball ops side or was that coming from the business ops side? Like, who were the Timberwolves competing with? What was Utah's second best offer? Because it is an enormous amount. Someone made a joke in one of my chats, but I think it's not wrong. If everything falls apart and Ant demands a trade, you know, okay, you'll get back some of those traffics when you when you trade Ant, who will be, you know, a 25-year-old super-duper star, hopefully, in three years. But, like, I think the, the, the how much they gave up for sure is a question. Um, but I guess my, my question for you is, how do you see this team? What is their starting five in the or what is their closing five in a playoff series? It, can, you, can you play Cat and Gobert and Jaden McDaniels all at the same time? Yeah, I think you can. I was thinking that same thing. I think Jaden is just such a nice piece there defensively. Um, so I do. I think I think you could play all of them um, next to each other with Ant at the two and D'Lo at the one. Um, I mean, that's a really, really good starting five. Regular season, um, no question. But let's say you're playing the Clippers in the second round of the playoffs, right? We're the one seed, we're the four seed. Cat's going to have to cover Kawhi or Paul George. How's that going to work out? Yeah, but you know, cat, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, listen, you look, look at the other way around. You've got two, who's going to cover cat when your biggest guy is covering Gobert. Like, well, yeah, right? yeah. Well, for sure. You know, we talked about this briefly with the other guys, like the, the way with Brett, like the Clippers always have a hole defensively uh, or excuse me. Uh, well, interior defensively, but also more particularly rebounding. And they just lost heart and scene also. Like, I, I do think that like, yes, the wolves are going to have an advantage if they trot out those three it's the biggest starting lineup in the NBA, right? Like who else is starting basically two fives and a four, which is what they'd be starting there in 2022. And for, I think it works offensively without a question because cat can be on the perimeter. Cat can do basically anything offensively. The question right. is defensively, how's it going to work? Um, Cause cat's going to have to be chasing guys. And that's, that's going to be tough for him. He doesn't have the best footwork. He's, he's, you know, he's over seven feet tall and 250 pounds or whatever. 
So th that that's for sure going to be a question. And can we? And then I guess the other question is, what happens with Delo now? Like they're not going to give him a max extension, so they just they just let him play out and risk he walks next year. Yeah, I think you see what you can get out on the trade market. I mean, they don't have a better. They don't have a. I mean, I, I, you know, we we love Jordan McLaughlin, McLaughlin, but he's not a starting point guard in the NBA. He's a good backup. You know, yeah. so you've got a. There's got to be some plan B there. I, and you think you lost Patrick Beverly, so there, there's your other plan. I mean, like you know, um, yeah, I I hear you. It's uh, I don't know what Delo is going to sign for. His trade value is not that high there right now. Um, it'll but be interesting not, to see. But he's not. I mean, he's got one year, and so he has value as an expiring contract, if nothing else. But yeah, the Wolves need. If they were to trade him, they need a starting point guard and some kind of you know perimeter. Uh, defense shooting. I mean, that could be the same guy, I guess, theoretically, but I, I don't know who's, I don't know what better player they would get for D'Lo at the same position. So I don't see a trade coming. Um, and I can't imagine he'll sign for anything less than the max because, you know, he's already making, you know, in the thirties, he's not going to maybe, sign maybe they'll bring back uh, Ricky Rubio for the third, third. Uh, so third he time. just, he signed a deal of like three eighteen or something. He, you know, he would not be a, a bad guy to have off the bench. Although I think in McLaughlin right. I mean, cause you got, we got the, the offensively, you know, you know, like they're just, they're really solid, you know, I mean, they'll do but Delo, you kind of still need Delo's, you know, his offense. I mean, they're going to need Jay more shooting. Not a, I think they're going yeah, oh, to, Jalen Noel or somebody's going to have to step up with the loss of Beasley. Pat Bev, I assume the Jazz are going to buy him out. So it's not impossible that the Wolves bring him back. Mm, he had I'd me, like that. He had me included be, in the deal great. for, for, you know, to, to match Gobert's contract. But um, I would love to see that. Yeah, I think uh, every Minnesota fan would love to see Pat Bev um, sign with the Timberwolves again next week. Um, if not, we're going to be uh, victims of the Pat Bev revenge tour. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Goes on it's, it's, so, it's so it's so interesting because like the guy is not that great a player, but he just is such a big. I think he's the MVP of the team last year. I mean, arguably, nah, I'm not gonna go that far, but yeah, I mean, emotionally for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I'm excited. I would look. Yeah, long term, who knows? This could be a total, total beep show, you know. But yeah. um, for right Listen, now, we're, we're gonna like, remember five games like, and be yeah, in the playoffs remember, every year. And we haven't had that years, in our lives. All those years with Dirk Nowitzki, or even Garnett, right? Like all those years, like it was really fun to be a Timberwolves fan. Fine, we didn't win, but like only one team wins, and you know, in the last four to eight years is the Warriors, and then it's who's gonna where? Where's the next super team gonna come from that's gonna win the next? You know, couple. So, you know, let's have fun. We're Timberwolves fans. Exactly what you said. We've suffered a lot. We're gonna have a good couple of years of of some actual some winning. It's gonna be really fun to win a lot. And you're right, come playoff time, let's hope. Crazier, there's been worse teams that have won championships than this team. Yep, no, I agree. Uh, you know, if the if if the worst thing that you can say about this trade is that the Wolves will have flaws in the second or third round of the playoffs, I'll take that. And maybe and maybe Lauren Rodriguez, you know, pony up and and D'Lo has this year, but his numbers are down because he doesn't have to whatever, and he's scoring fifteen, you know, fifteen and eight. And and he and he'll sign for twelve fifteen million. And, I mean, it's a happen. pipe dream, yeah. And the, and the and the terminals will go over the luxury tax for that. And, well, you know, they're, yeah, they're going over the tax for sure, yeah. But they're not gonna, yeah. Delo's not gonna sign for under thirty, I think. But all right, John, good luck. Um, Shabbat shalom, and uh, good we'll have a lot to talk about for the rest of the season. Yeah, sounds good. Je ne peux pas oublier ton cul et le cran de beauté perdu sur ton pouce et la peau de ton dos. Le rêve.
laisse, je te le laisse, mais je retiens, laisse le souvenir ému de ton corps nu. Le reste, je te le laisse. C'est mon souvenir qui palpite encore, qui va bientôt mourir. Est-ce mon pauvre cœur qui a tout inventé et t'es-tu ici M'as-tu au moins aimé J'ai tout gâché, je sais, je sais, j'ai tout gâché. Le reste, je te le laisse. Sortir à merveille et pied ton bonheur me le rend moins cruel. Le reste, je te le laisse. Le reste, je te le laisse. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.